You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose Nose Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bolchevich. And now, here's Jay. Welcome to the Bose Nose Show, and it's another beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon, and, and just blue sky, 88 degrees or so outside, you know, it's like summertime again here in late September, and it's just a beautiful day, no smoke in the air because the wind's coming from the right direction because those forest fires are still burning out there. So today's a free-for-all day on the Bose Nose Show. And if you want to get in on the conversation, you can call us at 646-721-9887. And just press 1 if you want to get in on the conversation. And that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know that you want to get in on the conversation. And uh, we'll get you right on the show here, and you can control the topic. If not, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, and you know that could be pretty boring, especially seeing I'm going to talk about something that just about every politician talks about sometime. You know, surprise, surprise, a politician announces they're going to run for re-election. Headline news. Stop the presses. No, uh, not really, but that was the news today. I actually made it official that I'm going to run for a third term on the Lane County Board of Commissioners. And I did that for several reasons, and, and mostly because there's some things that I want to get done. That we have to <laughs> Thanks, Robin. I take it that was the crowd cheering when I said I was going to run for a third term. <laughs> Got it. Got to, got to hold them back. Yeah. Um, uh, now you totally took me off my train of thought, which uh, isn't hard to derail, you know, you know, a, a, a slow locomotive like my mind. Um, so, no, there are lots of reasons, you know, why I want to run for re-election. You know, it, 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 you know, it's not the usual reasons. I'm not running so that my party can maintain a majority in some state legislature or, or the Senate or whatever, because County commissioner positions are technically nonpartisan. I'm running because there's some things that, you know, we've done a lot at Lane County. There's a lot of good we've done. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of great work on the fiscal side of, of cutting our expenses and, and being really innovative and saving money, which has helped us on the public safety side, um, prioritize public safety, saving those dimes in one place so we don't have to cut more in the public safety side. And we've kind of come to a stabilization in Lane County's budget 
after the loss of the federal timber, timber revenues and the uh, replacement payments known as secure rural schools, we're now living off of all local and state revenues, uh, no real federal timber revenue coming into Lane County. And uh, it, you know, it's a stabilized system, but it's not exactly a good system. And I'd like to try and get to the next level and some more permanent solutions and a little bit stronger public safety system um, in the long run. Because right now we basically are living off of a temporary tax that expires every five years to keep our jail running. And I really am thankful to the voters of Lane County for giving us a 73% yes vote on a tax measure, which is almost unheard of. Um, but we did get that 73% yes on a tax measure because we, the first time we put it out, we said exactly what we were gonna do with those taxes. They were gonna be set aside. We we're gonna do annual audits and open those audits to the public so they could see that we did exactly what we said we were gonna do. And we did that and people saw all that and said, okay, we'll trust you with another five years worth of money. But the problem is, as you get on in that five years, it gets harder and harder to hire people into the agencies funded by those levies because people look at it and go, hmm, am I gonna have a job after a year or a year and a half when that, you know, if they don't get a yes vote on a renewal of that levy. So there needs to be a little bit more permanent system and the system is still not quite up where it should be. Our rural patrols out in uh, unincorporated Lane County are anemic. Uh, most of the time, there's only three deputies on and a sergeant for the entire county, which is as big as the state of Connecticut. It's just not an adequate level of, of police protection out there. And that needs to change. And it all needs to be brought in a much more permanent system. So that's something I really desperately wanna work on I think it's going to take continued work on being very fiscally responsible uh, and being very um, transparent and open and accountable to uh, to the public on our finances so that we can continue to have the trust of the citizens to move on to a more permanent solution. At the same time, we need to build our economy here in Lane County because that's the other way we can support those services in the long run is to have a thriving economy that will generate the tax revenue that will support that that public safety system everybody wants to have. And therefore, we really need to work on something that doesn't seem quite uh, intuitive that it's an economic development issue, but we need to work on our housing in Lane County. And particularly what I refer to as workforce housing that's affordable to the average worker in Lane County. You know, on one end, we need to keep trying to recruit businesses that pay at average or above average wages um, in Lane County, and we're still working on that. But what we're hearing again and again as we try and recruit people from outside the area or encourage existing businesses that are in Lane County to expand is the lack of available workforce because there's a lack of available workforce housing and how difficult it is you know, to attract people from out of the area into this area or even to keep people in this area because people can't find a place to rent or buy that's in their price range. And so therefore, we really need to work on increasing that housing supply and diversifying what's available in that housing supply. And everything from working on trying to get more local control from the state over 
the county being able to approve accessory dwelling units out in rural residential areas to helping uh, and working cooperatively with the city of Eugene on the next steps after Envision Eugene. We've finished Envision Eugene. Now we need to get to looking at what they call urban reserves and the next expansion of their urban growth boundary as quickly as possible because that expansion of residential lands needs to happen to keep the price of houses down. So lots of work that needs to be done. It's exciting work. And there's so many pieces and aspects to, to all of those things I just mentioned. You know, the whole public safety system, in the background of that, there's this whole thing about kind of changing the way we look at public safety and trying to do the least cost models, which gets into things like trying to divert people out of the public safety system and into more of the human services system and treating uh, underlying issues that cause people to come in contact with the public safety system. You know, it's much cheaper if we can, you know, if the guy that is is acting crazy on the street corner and screaming at no one in particular, instead of picking him up for disorderly conduct and housing him in the jail for a couple nights and then having to go through the whole um, trying to find him again later for a court date, uh, the cost of prosecution, eventually the jail time or whatever they may serve, it still doesn't change why was that guy out there screaming in, on the street corner in the first place. You know, does the guy have an underlying addiction? Is there an underlying, you know, PTSD issue uh, from prior military service? All of that stuff about arresting and prosecuting and, and warehousing them in a, in a jail or a prison doesn't address any of that and costs a lot of, of taxpayer resources. It'd be a lot better if we kind of knew that person already had an existing issue you know, and when instead of being interactive with the cops somewhat, they might be able to bring somebody like uh, cahoots up to the site, get them, you know, get the person to actually talk to somebody that's a mental health specialist, get them calm down, maybe get them to go into Buckley House for some uh, detox and bring them into a treatment facility and deal with that underlying issue. And if there is somebody that gets arrested, maybe for some property crimes that are driven by addiction, get them into stuff like treatment court and veterans court and mental health court, where they actually, you know, as part of their diversion from being in a prison sentence, they have to deal with those underlying things. And if they don't stick with a the program, they end up going to prison anyway. And, but still, those systems are proven to be much more cost effective. And ultimately, when they're successful, you end up with somebody that's dealing with their issues, uh, maintaining their their treatment, maintaining their recovery, and can actually, you know, I've met a couple people that were graduates of Veterans Court, and they're actually now employed uh, in permanent housing, paying taxes, you know, and, and part of our economy. And that's, you know, just one of those small pieces of how can we improve the public safety system long term, make it less expensive make it innovative you know you know it doesn't always have to be you know how do we get a permanent revenue stream how do we make the system better and it's just there every every piece of what i've been talking about why i want to be there for another four years ties into some of these things in one way or another the whole housing thing it's got multiple pieces involved with that where we're going to have to work 
up with the state legislature to change state law to allow Wayne County to um, relax how difficult it is to get a second dwelling unit on a piece of property. Right now, you can get a medical hardship housing unit on a piece of uh, rural residential property. If you already have a house there, you can pull a, a single wide trailer on or build, put on a manufactured housing and hook it up to the existing well and septic that's out there. Um, and as long as that either the person living in that unit, the person has got a medical issue and needs treatment from the people living in the house, or the people living in the unit are, are providing uh, care for the people that are actually living in the house, you know, one or the other. And as soon as the medical situation goes away, they're supposed to remove that unit from the property. And if we can kind of maybe think of things a little bit different and let units like that actually be built and stay permanent, those can become really low cost rentals at a, at a fairly um, low cost to the overall infrastructure of Lane County. If people were allowed to, um, you know, have a mother-in-law suite with a, with a um, you know, basically a studio apartment with a kitchenette where they could rent that at 500 bucks a month, you know, to somebody out in, say, the Mapleton area that could, that can work, you know, in the tourism business in Florence and actually afford that on service level um, wages. That's really what we're looking for is the, that kind of um, diversity in housing. And at the same time, we can look at things like looking at our building codes to make it easier to have tiny homes uh, be legal. And we started some of that with this last legislative session and pushing for rules that would allow people to ask, access sleeping loss with stairs and, and, and ship's ladders and stuff like that, that that don't meet code. Because currently right now, a lot of those tiny homes, you know, they have a little loft that you sleep in. Uh, by the building code, you'd have to have a stair, stairway that would take up almost the entire tiny home because of the 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 tread and, and step riser heights and, and minimum distances between landings as far as number of steps go and handrails and everything else that goes that, that building code requires to make a set of stairs safe um, would virtually take up every bit of room in the tiny home to try and get to that little sleeping loft. So, uh, you know, waiving some of those rules for tiny homes and get those to be able to be built maybe as accessory dwelling units uh, encouraging cities to, to, to adopt some of those. There's ways to expand our housing supply that really don't even require us to expand urban growth boundaries in some ways. So uh, it, it, it will be exciting to work on those issues. And I think that whatever county and area can resolve some of these housing issues for workforce is going to win the economic development battle in this country. Because as you talk across the country, this isn't just an, a, a Lane County issue, affordable housing. It's an issue across the entire country, except for a very, a very few minor exceptions of some very depressed areas of our country. Uh, it is really difficult to find reasonable, affordable housing in this country. And if we can solve that issue, we will be where people want to come to locate their businesses and will be where people want to come to live because they can find a place to live. So that's really, you know, big, exciting stuff, really, you know, looking forward to, to 
you know, another four years of working on all this. That's one of the reasons why I declared my uh, re-election at, at this time. And some people might think it's really early for 2018. Well, I'm an our commissioners are a nonpartisan position, and under those rules, actually the May election can be our last election. If there's only two people that that file, like happened back in 2014, um, the May election is the final election. Whoever gets 50% plus one vote wins. And if I, for some reason, have three or four people and I can get 50% plus one vote, I will basically be um, the only name on the ballot in November. So May is really the big election for county commission races that are nonpartisan. And it's really not that far away from May right now. It's almost October, so that basically puts us uh, about seven months out. And uh, it, it's really not um, that far in advance to be announcing re-election. It also allows people to understand, you know, as I'm working on stuff between now and next year, that I am intending to be here for another four years. And it's not just, um, you know, I'm looking for long-term solutions, not short-term fixes. So that that's uh, one of the reasons why I declared early. And, and it's just, you know, it's going to be really great to build on some of our past success. And, and when I look at things like what we've done with the, with the jail levy, getting it passed the first time, getting it renewed the second time with a 73% yes vote, our ability to weather the storm of losing all those federal funds, a 91% reduction in federal funding into our general fund and road fund. And we've managed to control costs, prioritize services, and come out the other end of that looking pretty good. Doing things like ending up with our Moody's bond rating being upgraded to the highest level Lane County's ever held. And because of that upgrade, we were able to refinance some of our debt and save millions of dollars in interest payments over the term of that debt, and therefore be able to refocus that money into services. We were able to balance our budget for this, this fiscal year without using any reserves. We didn't lay off any staff, and we were able to cut the rate of the public safety levy by 31% for the, this fiscal year from 55 cents per thousand down to 38 cents per thousand. That sort of you know success is what I'm really looking forward to building on. The success we've had with attracting new companies to Lane County, where we brought first call resolution to Benita and 300 jobs there. And we brought Winnebago RVs out to Junction City to occupy the, the abandoned country coach facility out there. And in fact, Winnebago is bringing a new line of RVs to be built here and expanding their 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 um, manufacturing lines, even in Junction City as we speak. We were able to get the Junction City Hospital located and built here, and then we were able to protect the funding for that in this last legislative session, adding another 500 jobs out here in West Lane County. Overall, over a thousand jobs added, and we were even able to help existing companies expand. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those Cosmo corn products. You know, they, they do those uh, kind of air puffed uh, corn. It's like popcorn without kernels. Uh, you see it in the stores, Cosmo Creations. Uh, I love their salted caramel. 
I tell you that stuff, no matter what size bag you buy, it's single serving. Uh, you know, when I get that giant bag, if I open it up, I, the whole thing is going to be gone before uh, before long. Great stuff, but we were able to help them with the, with some money out of video lottery funds to expand their lines and go to extra shifts and all that and produce more. And they actually built a new headquarters and manufacturing facility across the street from where they were in Junction City. And, you know, that's the kind of things, you know, we're, we're investing in that food sector here in Lane County. So a lot of great success stories like to build on those success stories. But I think one of the real barriers to building is we got to have that housing and and that's really going to be helpful. And in the long run, that's going to help with some other issues down the, the, the economic ladder in Lane County, because what's happening now with housing is folks can't find housing they can afford. So they're actually renting down or buying down the ladder. So people are 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 at the low end of the scales are finding that, you know, middle income people are renting housing that normally would have gone to low income people and then therefore the low income people can't find housing and, and the rents are rising because the middle income people can afford higher rents on housing they no, normally may not even be renting. So it, it supplies a lot of pressure on housing price and availability. And that's what's pushing some people into that homeless category where they can't find something they can afford. They can't find it on time if they've lost a housing situation for some reason or if they're new to the area and they end up homeless even though they they don't want to be. And, and that, that can start a whole chain of bad situations, particularly if it's a family with children and the children get influenced by that lack of housing and it ultimately has a influence on whether or not they'll be successful as adults if they have that sort of adverse childhood experience on them. So working on that housing side you know, does so much in, in multiple levels. And I think uh, it's something we really need to work on here in Lane County. But I've been kind of rambling on here about how excited I am to, to think about a third term as a county commissioner um, but there might be something you want to talk about that we need to deal with right now. So you can give us a call here because it is a free-for-all day where you can talk about anything you want to talk about on the Bo's Nose Show at 646-721-9887. Just press 1, and that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the conversation. And we'll get you on the line here. Or you can even email us at talk at krbnradio.net, and we'll uh, look at emails even between shows. So if you just have a suggestion for, you know, if you want me to have a guest on or a topic you want me to, to discuss in a future show, drop us an email. Of course, uh, we are live on Facebook right now, and you can also uh, message us through Facebook at the uh, KRBN Internet News Talk Radio page, uh, and you know, you can also just find me on my Facebook pages on Facebook. You know, Jay Bozovich is my personal page. If you want to look at poodle pictures and other uh, interesting parts of my personal life a little bit more, friend me on my personal page. Or you can like my Jay Bozovich West Lane County Commissioner page, and that's where I kind of stick to uh, more county topics uh, that are 
more meaningful if you're just interested in what's going on in county government or what's happening locally or in our state. Uh, that's the place for that kind of news. Won't, won't see too many poodle pictures on the on the Westland County Commissioner page, and you won't see me talking too much about county politics on the Jay Bozovich uh, personal page. So I try and keep those two a little bit separate in my life. But I will respond to messages on either one. Uh, it's one of the ways you can get a hold of me is through personal messenger on Facebook or through the KRBN Internet uh, radio. News Talk Radio page is another place you can message me. So what else is going on here in Lane County? Well, you know, I, there's a little thing that's kind of going on, been in the news a little bit. Something about one of our bargaining units is is uh, at impasse or close to impasse, and there's the possibility of a strike. And, you know, there's discussions about, you know, one person's contract offer and the other person's contract offer. And unfortunately, because we are still in bargaining, in fact, there's a mediation session going on today. I can't talk a whole lot about that publicly because I want to be careful not to infringe on the rights of the employees that are a part of that bargaining unit to their collective bargaining rights. And I don't want to, um, you know, create a situation where I'm direct bargaining or, or um, uh, you know, characterizing offers one way or another. So it may be frustrating for some of you that might be listening that I can't really talk about that very openly at this point. Uh, there will be a time and a place for me to talk about it, but really it's important to understand that those employees uh, uh, provide important services in Lane County. They're hardworking employees. They're exercising their rights to collective bargaining under state law and federal law. Uh, it's basically a constitutional right uh, of folks to associate. And uh, I, I fully um, will defend their right to associate and in um, until they've had an opportunity to exercise all of their rights under collective bargaining, I don't want to accidentally infringe on those rights by discussing them uh, in any detail here on the radio show. So I will, I hope folks can understand that um, and appreciate uh, the situation, you know, because ultimately the decision to approve a contract uh, agreement or um, uh, implement a contract, uh, several other things that, you know, any offers that are made are at the, at the county board level. So I am the decision maker in, in the collective bargaining process on the management end. Uh, so therefore, I, it's very difficult for me to talk about that publicly while we're still in the bargaining process. But it's one of those interesting aspects of being a county commissioner. And, and, and one of the things that I um, enjoy because I, I think I've got a pretty good understanding of collective bargaining law and um, we've been able to come to uh, agreements with five of our seven collective bargaining units at the county and I just hope we can uh, eventually come to agreement uh, with this last two that we're currently in bargaining right now. Always the hope. Um, beyond that, what else is going on? Well, you know, I'm not the only politician that's announced they're running for re-election. And, you know, I, I did my announcement by actually showing up in person at, at, at KPNW uh, 
News Talk Radio, 11:20 a.m. Uh, there at with Bill London and Rob Holloway on the Wake Up Call, where Bill could ask me questions live and I had to answer them live on the radio. Uh, our governor announced her reelection by putting a video up on YouTube, which is really an interactive way to announce that you're running for re-election and allowing people to ask you questions about why or anything like that. I don't don't think that was the most interactive way. So hopefully folks can at least appreciate the fact that I uh, went on the air uh, this morning where I had Bill London, who definitely will ask a tough question, uh, quizzing me about my reasoning for running for re-election, as well as I Put out a press release and made myself available to the press all day today. Uh, I went and did an interview with KLCC at lunchtime, and I've uh, had a couple email conversations with uh, the Fernridge Review and the Sayuswa News. Um, and you know that I think the way you, as a, as a public figure and a, and somebody that wants to be in public office, which basically running for re-election is, I want to be back in public office again for another four years. Um, you should be available to the public and the press. It's why I do this radio show. So if you want to ask me a question about why I'm running for re-election or, you know, why the county paved this road this summer and not that road or, or you know, some other aspect of county government that you want clarity on, just give us a call here at the Bo's Nose Show, 646-721-9887, and just press one and that uh, lets us know you want to get in on the show. Again, that's 646-721-9887, and just press one. So um, the one thing I won't talk about today, unless somebody calls and particularly wants to talk about it, is I am done hearing anything, seeing anything, talking about whatever. National anthem, football players, Stan, Neil, any of that stuff. It's boring to me now. <laughs> I'm done with it. Let's move on, folks. <laughs> How long can you talk about something like that? Um, <laughs> It's gotten to the point where I've been listening to music in my car instead of AM talk radio over the last week and a half or so because I just can't stand it any longer. I'm kind of happy that we're moving into discussions about uh, you know, President Trump's new tax proposal because you know, thank goodness it has nothing to do with football, national anthems, and Neely. So I rarely try and ban a topic on the Bose Nose Show, but please, uh, I, if you want to talk about that, I guess I will, but but I, I probably won't be very talkative because frankly, everything that possibly can be said about that subject has been said at least 12 times by 10 different people um, in the last week. And, and uh, I don't think I can add anything to that conversation. Now, we could talk about other things in local news, like we just found out um, yesterday that the city of Eugene allocated $10,000 to help pay for the uh, application fees for DACA recipients to extend their 
their DACA status for another two years. Um, and that's taxpayer money being utilized to assist in paying a fee for folks to stay in this country that are in it illegally. So it was an interesting decision by the city. Um, and I, I, I kind of wondered, you know, what 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 the reasoning is behind that in some ways. I'm, I'm kind of uh, was with Mike Clark. I just don't think there was enough information available to make that kind of decision to decide to spend that kind of taxpayer money um, on a basically taking local taxpayer dollars and spending them to uh, pay the federal government to process applications. So you know, instead of, you know, I always talk about how I don't like unfunded mandates, whether it's from the state or the federal government. They ask us to do something at the local government level. I want them to pay for it. Here, the city of Eugene, a local government's paying for something voluntarily that's a federal program with local tax dollars. It's not even an unfunded mandate. It's it's an unforced unfunded mandate. Yeah. It's not even a mandate. It's just it it it's voluntary un, you know funding of a federal program with local tax dollars. So we can talk about that too here on the Bose Nose Show. If you just want to give us a call, it's a free for all day. We can talk about my reelection uh, campaign. We can talk about uh, the governor's reelection campaign. We can talk about President Trump's tax proposals. We can talk about uh, the city of Eugene funding DACA uh, applications. Uh, there's all sorts of things we can talk about here on the Bose Nose Show. Just give us a call, 646-721-9887. Just press one if you want to get in on the conversation. But I'm going to get Robin hot here. And why don't we talk about something else that's been in the news that's coming up on October 1st that I know is just near and dear to her heart. And that's the new distracted driving law. Mm. Yeah, if Robin's already hot, probably. <laughs> t t tell me about what you found out about some of the uh, Samsung equipment and how it, it doesn't meet the new law because of a bug. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That's something, that's something I, I with. Uh, with uh, you're, uh, you're cutting out a little bit, Robin. Yeah, I got a little bit. Got it, got it worked out there? Yeah. Hang on just a minute. Yep. Robin's working on a little technical difficulty there so she can participate in the show. And as soon as she gets that cleared up, she'll be back. But she found out some pretty interesting stuff about some Samsung cell phone equipment that uh, kind of makes it a little tough sometimes to, to meet this new distracted driving law. Okay, I think I'm here. Okay, sounds good, Robin. Now I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> uh, good old-fashioned landline. Um, now, what's going on with the Samsung uh, Galaxy S7 and S8 is that after the last operating system update, if you're on Bluetooth and you have your phone locked and you say, like, say, call Jay, it will come up and say, calling Jay on speakerphone. And so for, to get it to work right, you have to unlock the phone. 
first, and then it will go ahead and, and stay with the Bluetooth. And I've been talking with Samsung, and they're scratching their head, and it's trying to figure it out. But still, when you look at the rules and regulations of the new law coming up, you're only supposed to touch the phone like once or twice or something like that. You can't play with that thing. And, and if you have to unlock it first, it makes it totally not hands-free. Right. Right. And that's basically part of the hands-free rule. Even things like my sync system in my Ford card, which is Bluetooth in the phone, has to be one-touch operation. Right. And that's, that's part of the, you know, the law. So if you have to start thinking around with, with you know, pressing in a four-digit code or something like that, that's not one-touch, and you're technically violating the law. So it, it, be, be careful, folks. Um, you know, it, it's a tricky law, and uh, you're going to have to make sure you have the right kind of hands-free system to actually meet the law. In fact, uh, Jay, you want to summarize real quick what you guys uh, uh, found out, that letter you sent out? Uh, gosh, I have to go back and look at it, remember the whole thing. But basically, we were sent something out to our county employees kind of, making sure they understand what the new law is and what the violation will be. And there are things like uh, you can't um, can't be using um, separated uh, navigation devices, like a Garmin device or something like that. If it's not built into your car and, and basically one touch and you set it up before you start driving, you can't be messing with it while you're driving. Um, that that can actually be a violation if you're using like you've got your iPad sitting on the seat open or something like that navigating for you or your your iPhone or your Samsung S7 you know telling giving you directions you've got to be really careful about doing that um, and what meets the rules as far as those navigation devices and even your navigation devices built into your car can cause a violation if you have to do more than one touch work with it. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to have to be very careful to completely set up your navigation before you even pull out of your parking spot or you can or you, you can be in violation. Uh, there, there's other things about uh, CB radios that you have to be careful of uh, and, and uh, where you have to pick up a handset that actually unless you meet some of the exceptions that are meant for um, some of the construction industry and law enforcement, it's, it, you can be in violation of the distracted driving laws just by using a CB radio. Yeah, so it, it, it's uh, a law that you probably ought to read um, and understand a little bit. Uh, go, you know, I don't know if, uh, the AAA folks and some of the others have summaries of what a violation is and what isn't, um, but it's definitely uh, it's getting difficult because they, the legislature tried to be so specific with legislating something that was actually already covered by an existing law. That there is a law in the books that just basically says you're not supposed to drive distracted, and a police officer can pull you over for doing anything from eating a Big Mac to putting your eye makeup on if he feels you're doing it to the point of distraction. 
and particularly if you're in an accident and you were distracted, you know, you know that 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 law has always been on the books. But I think what they were trying to do with this law is get very specific so people, you know, you know, wouldn't cheat or try and get around it, you know, things like that, and uh, also to put in some pretty draconian fines to be a revenue source for the state uh, is part of the other reason I think they adopted this new law. Because you can really uh, find yourself on the wrong end of the finances if you violate this distracted driving law. Bill Broaden, actually, a friend of mine actually school bus driver. They're concerned use their radios while yeah, you're you're mipping out a little bit there again, Robin. Uh, how's this? A little better. A little better. Okay. There you go. School uh, bus drivers. Uh, they're concerned about that. They have to use radio communication. Yeah. Yeah. That that you know, so and so's you know missed their route. You know, you need to go change your route or or you're, you know, they're doing, you know, school bus drivers don't just do their daily routes half times. They're running track teams to this school and, and, uh, you know, the football team to, to, to there and the JV over here, JV soccer team, the girls softball team, you know, who knows? They're going all over the place and they, there is a need for those folks to be able to communicate uh, with their central office quite often and get dispatched to the right school at the right time and the right place. and, that, and Next thing you know, they pick up that radio and they're violating the new distracted driving law. Yeah, I hope this is this is challenging for it. Yeah, I know we're asking for some technical fixes in the short session. In particular, one of the places that wasn't clear is um, trash haulers and whether they're allowed to use a handheld radio. So you know, as we, you know. One of the things as you get out onto the deck of our landfill, one of the ways we communicate with some of these uh, commercial uh, garbage haulers and also our transfer trucks that, that go in and out of there is by, you know, CB radio and uh, um, the, the other, uh, you know, proprietary band radio with the, with the uh, folks that are out there in the big equipment. So it's a safety issue. Can't jump out of the cab to have a conversation. You know, you don't want people running around on foot too much when you got all that big equipment moving around and garbage being tilted over the edge of a 30 foot drop. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Makes sense to let them use it. Will they be violating the law to use it? So, and, um, you know, being able to, to, to check as they're, you know, getting close to the landfill, which means they're probably out on I-5 or Highway 99 um, with the landfill about, you know, letting them know they're on the way in. So it's just, it's, you know, we're going to have to ask for them to fix that, that piece in the law as it is. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of fixes to that that are going to be proposed in this upcoming spring short session. And that's what a short session's meant for, is to do some of those fixes. And, and it, you know, it was interesting. I went on a tour on Monday, uh, which was put on by the Oregon Extension Service and Lane Families for Farms and Forests, where we got to look at some um, 
small woodland um, uh, forest practices and also went out to a filbert orchard uh, out near Junction City and heard from the farmer of that orchard about some of their practices. And it was a tour that was meant for local leaders. So there's folks there from Springfield School District, you know, there's uh, myself and Commissioner Sid Lykin. And there's also um, Senator Lee Byer from the legislature. And I sat near him on the, on the bus that was going to and from uh, the different tour sites. And uh, one of the things they were talking about was they just got done with legislative days last week. And they're talking about this cap and invest carbon bill being worked on for the short session. It just seems like such a huge piece of legislation for a session that's meant to last less than two weeks. Whereas what really ought to be done is fixing bills like this distracted driving bill during that short two week session. And uh, it's kind of, you know, scary as they're talking about, you know, uh, trying to tax various forms of energy to invest it back into other forms of energy generation and having the government, you know, pull the overhead out of that system and then then uh, intelligently invest that capital in, back into our economy. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And it just sounds like a full employment for some government agency um, program that's going to be not well thought out because it's going to be rammed through in a short session. I'm just hoping that the legislature kind of looks at that and goes, this is really not short session material. Let's at least wait till uh, the long session in 2019 uh, to deal with this and let it stay in committee until then. But you don't know, it's one of those bills that's, that's you know, been a high priority for um, the environmental lobby community because uh, they, you know, really think we got to follow the footsteps of California here in Oregon as quickly as possible. And they really just want to ram it through as fast as possible and damn the torpedoes and, and the unintended consequences. And let's just push it through. Sounds just like the distracted driving bill. Huh? Is this the, is this the uh, same legislature that is arguing over the, the fact that uh, a couple years ago we announced that the border collie is a state dog? Yeah, you know what? what's also kind of uh, interesting is I'm seeing the petition go around now to make the shelter dog the state dog. Uh, our leaders. Our leaders. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, with all the big issues we're facing between our deficit in the public employees retirement system, uh, the upside down nature of our our version of the Affordable Care Act here uh, that, that is going to go broke here in Oregon without a lot of continued federal subsidy uh, to the whole issue in the uh, the Oregon Health Authority where they were going to uh, basically slander and slam um, a particular health provider to try and make points uh, politically and then covered up that fact and and the fact that they had almost half of their applicants that weren't qualified were actually got onto the Oregon health plan you know it's just there's bigger troubles of brewing in state government they're just not dealing with not to mention the fact instead of following the example of Wayne County and trying to control their 
health insurance costs. They've actually let the health insurance costs of state employees run away to the fact that where the state of Oregon has one of the highest per employee health insurance costs in the nation. You know, so it's it's you know they're just not dealing with the big issues. They're too busy worrying about cap and invest and whether or not you're you know touching your phone more than once while you're driving and what the state dog is. Good question. Good question. Yeah. Robin dropped out there. You, you. I'm not hearing you, Robin. We're having some technical difficulty with Robin right now. All right. All right. Moving on. Okay. Could not hear you. So it's really um, been kind of an exciting day for me, though. You know, going back and you know rehashing you know the first. 20, 30 minutes of the program where I talked about my announcement that I'm going to run for re-election. It's really um, energizing to me. Uh, it's something I, I want to do and, and really um, looking forward to tackling Lane County's uh, problems over the next several years and looking for long-term solutions, some permanent solutions, uh, some ways that we can really um, stabilize our public safety system and our finances of Lane County government in the long run. I'm also looking forward to, to some of the investments we're going to get to make in transportation. Now that we have that new um, transportation bill that added some funding into Lane County's coffers and, and you know, things like trying to get territorial highway fixed down in the, in the wine country as you get down towards King Estates and um, all the other wineries down there like um, Sweet Cheeks and Sylvan Vineyards and Noble Estate. Uh, just really um, trying to energize that that sector of our economy by getting the transportation links, while at the same time working on other transportation projects that are non-road, like trying to improve the rail system down to the Port of Coos Bay and working in partnership with the Port of Coos Bay to get their uh, dock facilities and, and uh, and other issues taken care of there so that we can be you know moving stuff off of our highways onto rail cars and into ships to get you know access to uh, Asian markets a lot faster and better for Lane County products. Uh, one of the things that was interesting in my tour on Monday uh, talking with Brian Harper who is the uh, farmer out there in Junction City by the way a fifth generation of Farming Harper Farms Incorporated, I think, or LLC they are now, um, about the hazelnut industry in Oregon that, you know, we have about four and a half percent of the world hazelnut market is in Oregon, although like 90 some percent of the hazelnuts grown in America are grown in Oregon. Um, we're only four and a half percent of the world market, but almost all of it is being shipped to China right now. And, and, a, and Asian locations um, out of Oregon as far as the export goes. It's not being consumed uh, in the United States. Uh, and, you know, 
thinking about how we can improve that rail line to Coos Bay and how we can make that connection because the, the port of Coos Bay is actually easier to get in and out of for major shipping than the port of Oakland or the port of Tacoma or even the port of Portland because it's only a few miles off of the deep water in the ocean and a lot easier to get in and out of timing wise. And it could be a real um, economic boon to, to Coos County, but at the same time, the rail line that connects it ends in Eugene, Oregon, and, and uh, could be a real boon to Eugene and uh, the South Willamette Valley to have that as a high-functioning port and to get that rail line as a high-functioning freight rail line, take a lot of rail cars also off of Highway 126 and help with the safety of Highway 126. You know, just you know, another little piece of economic development meets transportation, meets public safety uh, that all ties together that I'm just excited to continue to work on over the next four years. So, Robin, did you get your audio fixed on your end? Still working on it. Still working on it? Okay. I know you had a question a while ago. If you if once you if you get worked on, you want to jump back in with that question. Just just interrupt me. So six minutes left here at a Bose No Show, and again, it's a free for all day. And, and really, I do this show not so I can talk at you for an hour. I really would prefer people call in and ask me questions about what you want to know about in Lane County government or in government in general. Uh, at six four six. 721-9887. And uh, press one that lets us know you want to get on the show because there are some people that call in and listen on their phone that can't, you know, get to a computer. That's one of the ways you can listen to the show is just call in while we're live, as well as listen live on Facebook uh, is another way you can get to us. But if you're not at a strong Wi-Fi connection and it's easier for you to dial your cell phone in, you can just dial the 646-721-9887 and it will stream live right to your phone. But if you press one, that kind of gives us a little question mark up on our board. and We know that you want to ask a question or have a comment and we'll get you on the air on the Bose No Show. And we'll see the I'm not hearing you on my end. We're, we're just having a wonderful time with electronics here today, and it happens sometimes. We had we had a day where we started out with a with a 10 second delayed echo uh, for about the first 10 minutes of the show that we couldn't figure out, which was a whole lot of fun as you're hearing yourself over and over again. Um, and today it just seems like we just can't get Robins. Uh, audio the whole way. Yeah, you should hear it here in the control room. I, I was just going to say that uh, uh, we asked some people last week to give us a, a thumbs up on a Facebook page. A couple of people did. want to thank you for that. And uh, let's see if we can work and get 100 likes on there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So don't forget to go to our Facebook page, uh, KRBN Internet News Talk Radio. Uh, and it's... Uh, just like us there and follow us, and that will allow you to get all the notifications of what's coming up on the show and what other shows are on KRBN Internet News Talk Radio, because occasionally there are a couple other hosts that will come on and do a show. 
through this this very interesting form of media, you know, internet radio, where you really don't have to go through the whole FCC licensing thing. You know, I can say the seven dirty words if I really wanted to, uh, but I don't. Uh, for those of you old enough to remember George Carlin, now I'm showing my age. <laughs> but it's really an interesting format where also not only can I, you know, you can call in live and talk to me and interact on this show while it's live, but not too long after the end of an episode, the episode gets archived and is there forever where you can go back and listen to previous episodes of the Bose Nose show just by going to uh, the blog talk radio or, or linking through our Facebook page uh, to those, you know, scrolling back through the news feed on the Facebook page and clicking on the links and you can get to that uh, past show. So if you see the description of the show has, you know, catches your interest, like I uh, interviewed uh, Merlin Huff from El Lapa a few weeks back uh, during the smoke event about smoke. I interviewed the uh, Lane County District Attorney, when the legislation was talking about uh, recording grand jury proceedings and, and that whole issue, uh, that shows archived. I've got shows where I interviewed the sheriff about various aspects of public safety. I think there was one way back um, last January where I talked to the sheriff about sanctuary status and immigration and how that interacts with his department. So all that you know, there for you to listen to in this interesting format called Internet uh, Talk Radio, uh, that it lives on forever as basically little podcasts and audio files, uh, really easy to get to and listen to. Uh, and I hope that, you know, this is a way that I'm getting out to other people because you don't have to be listening to me live. You can listen to this archive and, and get the information uh, later on from, uh, but and if you're not listening live, one of the ways you can interact with me is at talk at krbnradio.net. That's talk at krbnradio.net. Of course, krbn is just K Robin, as in my call screener and producer and the owner of krbn Internet News Talk Radio on Blog Talk Radio, Robin my call screener and producer extraordinaire. So just, you know, if you think of Robin, K-R-B-N, it's K-Robin. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the ways you can remember and, and get to our Facebook page, K-R-B-N Internet News Talk Radio. Like us, please. Uh, the more people will like us. Well, that's about it for news show today. I hope you might've learned something uh, new today and uh, Listen to us next week and call in and and uh, we can have a conversation. That's what I prefer to do. Thank you for listening. And this has been Jay Bozovich, West Lane County Commissioner, coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira. Thank you and good night.